Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Garfield. I just wanted to make dog noises. One Odie. One league discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. It's episode 179. The episode in which we misspell a Garfield character's name. I wasn't sure about that. It's with a D. Is it? Okay. Yes. Did they, they have this thing where you could check facts. It's called Google. Yeah, but we're saying it. We don't need to. Who cares? As long as some asshole doesn't call it out. Yeah, really. It'll be fine. Yeah, and as, like, long as, everyone, as, long, everyone will, as long as you don't call attention to it, no one will yeah. ever know, and we don't look yeah. stupid. Or I don't look stupid. But, you know. I, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel that, I mean, you, you, you come for the comics, you stay for the stupidity. I just, I was thinking about it, and I was like, okay, what is Odie short for? So I was like, it's short for Otis? It's not or? short for anything. His oh. name is fucking Odie. Oh, I thought it was like, I thought his <laughs> no. name, I thought he had a proper name like Otis, and then they just called him Odie. Well, Garfield is short for Garfield for sure, ship sure. <laughs> but, I mean, if it's O-D-I-E, maybe it's Odin, and they just call him Odie. That's what you would do. <laughs> it probably would be what I would do. I would, I would, I would name a dog Odin. That'd be, that'd be great. He would be a, I would, I would want it to be a really stupid dog though. It would just to not match the name at all. Like the least badass dog possible. He'd like, that's what I need. He poops on the floor. Odin! <laughs> Odin's beard! Buy Odin's beard. Handsomites, this is not a dog naming podcast. <laughs> Yet. Just you wait. Probably next year, well, that'll be his fifth podcast that he starts. Yep. The, the, yeah, we, the fourth one, we've already decided. The fifth one is mm -hmm. uh, the dog naming one. No, it's true. Yeah. It'll be like the last chapter of a John Hodgman book where he just comes up with hobo names. I like John Hodgman. You should like John Hodgman. He's fucking weird. I saw him perform his comedy. I don't know. He, he himself is a little reticent to call his stand-up comedy, but... That, it was pretty whatever. good. Whatever. He's, he's, he's very funny. He is very funny. Handsomites. Comic books. Comic books. We're reading, uh, and discussing the nightly news by Jonathan Hickman and Nerdboy Book Club later on. Yep. Yep. We are. Eric, uh, I, I like this trend of, uh, uh, sending ominous text messages to each other while we're reading. I was thinking about that, um, as I was sending it. And I'm like, yeah. This is going to be one of those. We'll see. <laughs> it's in in uh, psychology they call it priming. <laughs> oh, before we do, before we get to that, we have comic books that came out this week to to review to discuss. Ain't that right? To discuss and review to do both. We're mm -hmm. or, or yeah, I, I mean we do tend to try to do both. Yeah, we're we're qualified to do both. Are we? We have opinions. Oh, okay. All right. That's all. I, I would. I wasn't We've recorded sure. 178 episodes of about comics. I think we're what 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 other quali what are other qualifications do you need? A qualifications? You have to go to Australia for that. That's true. That's where you get certified. 
we we can we can jump into our first segment. It is time for weekly floppies. Weekly floppies is the part of the show. Eric and I will read a selection of this week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them with a mush meter of one to five. If we're feeling mushy about a book, our first our first book our first book <laughs> this week is Man Thing number one. Written by R.L. Uh-huh. Stein, Art German Peralta, colors Rochelle Rosenberg, letters Travis Lanham. Just, just, we had to, we had to go with the giant size man thing, didn't we? I, I mean, I read about a million Goosebumps books when I was a kid. I, I knew that you would have read all those Goosebumps. I never read one. My brother really liked them, and I guess that makes sense because you're a little bit younger than my brother, so, it would have been right about y'all's age. I never was interested. You were probably a little was, too old. I don't know that I was it. too old or anything, but um, I just never took the interest. I don't like I certainly stopped reading at a certain point and mm-hmm. I think they really do appeal to a very like they hit you at a right age and they're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is so cool and then you read it like two years later, like, oh no, these are they're they are good for that age bracket. Yeah, but, uh, but he's got his that, audience really dialed in. But after that, you're like, mm, I'm, I'll move on to like the Christopher Pikes. Mm-hmm. That was that was the the arc that was like R.L. Stein, and then you move on to the Christopher Pikes and his ilk of like te- young adult teen and horror stories that are a little bit. Or you never read. Or I mean, that is also cho- that's always an option. Yeah, I think that is what most people did. Uh, so but we probably we probably have smart people listening to this shit. So. Of course, all of them, all of our listeners are smart people. Even even you, gentle listener. <laughs> uh, so Arl Stein, his first comic book he writes is about the man thing, and it's weird as fuck. This it, book, I don't, I it one I did not know that man thing got his thought like his sentience back. I didn't. I don't know when that happened. Or if it technically has happened, or they just retconned it for this comic or not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really follow Man Thing continuity too often. I, from as far as I can remember, Man Thing has always been exactly the same. And yeah, he's this big monster, and then he is kind of just does his own thing and wanders around. Uh, people get afraid of him, and they burn when he touches them. I don't is I don't know I don't know like I don't know how to gauge this book. I don't I don't. It's not what I would if like they have a man thing that looks like can think and talk theoretically. I don't I don't think this is what I want to read in like this is a very weird pulpy kind of story but it also feels kind of disjointed in a certain way like it doesn't know mm-hmm. exactly what it's going for. <sighs> I don't know. Like I don't feel so bad about it. But I mean I think disjointed is kind of a word that suits it, but I do feel like he knows what he's doing. Like he's just trying to do an incredibly weird thing. You know, I, I never read these books, but I imagined, you know, I never, I never read the goosebumps books, but I imagined they were like, you know, written in big, bold, bright colors and very ham fisted. And Mm -hmm. yes, you know, and, I think to an extent he's still speaking, I don't know, I don't want to say like that genre or something about that kind of writing. You know, that's just sort of the, the, the way he does. I I don't know. I I like this. 
something about it, something, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. It's tough to articulate. I'm losing my perspicacity over here. <laughs> In this house, but we, it's, we obey the laws of thermodynamics. We do. We do. No, Jesus. I, uh, it's super corny, you know? It is. Like, it shows his backstory and the girl, like, with the big exaggerated, like, puking face she makes. Yeah. She's like, ew! Gross! <laughs> it's just so stupid. But, like, I don't, it's not like something, it's like not like other books that I've read. And I'm just like, you. I don't think you have respect for comics or you're just a shitty writer. Like, it feels maybe a little a little like what the fuck are you doing but less less like what the fuck are you doing and more like you know why are you doing something so weird and do you know it, what i'm saying yeah I, I mean i yeah i think that's fair i think that i don't i'm i don't think that rl stein doesn't know what story he's telling i feel like it's not like it's not messy because of that it's messy because i the man like every decision in this about man thing doesn't make me care anymore about the man thing like yeah i and like and i was in, and, and there's a certain part in this where you retrace his origin and you're like okay well like you could do that old tired ben Grimm kind of thing where he wants to like reclaim his humanity and look human again <laughs> or like i mean that's something i like that's an easy like he does look off he's a horrific monster of course he'd want to look like a person again especially now that he has like sentient thoughts again but then he's just like fighting his clone on in like a crowded, busy street somewhere, and I'm like, "What is happening? This is very yeah. strange." I I think it looks really nice. I think that you could certainly like. I don't think it's necessarily. I don't. I I don't. I don't like it. I guess is what I'm saying. It's not that I think it's bad. Mm -hmm. Like I think there is a distinction there that something can be decent and I not like it. I just I think that I don't. This is not the man thing I'd want to read about. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think it says something that I liked his EC Comics style, Tales from the Crypt, like, story, the backup, more than I liked the man thing story. Which, I mean, it is, there is, the, the backup in this is a, like, a totally, like, hey, Tales from the Crypt kind of story. Mm -hmm. And I, but I'm, you know, I'm okay with that. Uh, but I guess it's just because I know what I'm getting. Maybe that, like, that might be the core of it all. Like, I don't know what I'm getting with it. I mean, it is a miniseries. There's only going to be five issues of this. So obviously there's, like, there's a, like, a, uh, like an ending in mind for this. I, I just don't, like, for, it is, a, I don't care who's writing the book. If you want to get me hooked on a man thing book, you're going to have to do a really good job in that first issue. And this one does not interest me past like mm. i don't i don't like maybe i'd come back and read the the final story and maybe that would make maybe it would read better when it's not serialized but i don't know personally i like the weird juxtaposition of uh putting a homeless uh man thing in la <laughs> like that is a fucking weird ass thing to me and as like jumbled up as this is as much as I wish it was different and a little bit better, I can't bring myself to dislike it. Okay. Like, I I definitely see all the problems, but, like, I don't know. This is weird and fucked up and charming. Like, it's it's a comic book, and if it's a little, <laughs> if it's stupid and fun, like, I'm, I'm okay with that. So, I, I, I'm reasonably okay with this book. You buy? Straight up? 
I think so. Like I don't I don't feel too terribly mushy on this. You know? Like I there's just things about it that I just find charming. You know, he's in that office and he's holding the door handle with his fingertips because he's huge. I, I don't know. I just look at this and it's I enjoy it. It charms me. It makes me smile. I really like the art too. Yeah, look, I love it, this panel of him lifting the car. It's it look, awesome. No, it looks really nice, and that's. I mean, I'm kind of surprised they didn't just like. It feels weird to me that they have that backup story in there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I don't. On top of the man thing story, just feels. I mean, I don't mind it, but it. They're probably just giving him a lot of creative freedom, and I mean. You know, when you think about, he probably really likes EC horror comics and things like that. So why wouldn't he be like, yeah, I want to throw this in there. I want to put a little bonus story that has nothing to do with it. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I still like, I think I'm still on do not buy like this. Like, I just, I can't get excited about it. I just, you know, I, it's mm. just not, now it's not bad, but I don't, I feel like maybe late, maybe I don't, I don't know. That just doesn't. It's not doing it for me. That's mm-hmm. acceptable. It's ex- well, that is acceptable. You will, you mm-hmm. are allowed, mm-hmm. permitted, permissible. Mm-hmm. That is a split decision on Man Thing number one. Next up is Kingpin number two, written by Matthew Rosenberg, art Ben Torres, colors Jordan Boyd, letters Travis Lanham. Once again, uh, we you read the first issue of this, and much like Bullseye, I wanted to check in with number two, see where this thing is going. I don't, I, I am fully on board with this comic. I really like this. Really? Yeah. I did not, um, I'm interested, but I didn't love it. I really don't care for the art in this book. Really? I feel like it's super clumsy. What about it? The characters are naive. Like, look at Kingpin's hands. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't look like a real person. I kind of like. Just, I don't, I don't enjoy it. I kind of like that about him. It's so it's so naive and not in a way that charms me, you know, like the scenes of him eating a bowl of cereal. It doesn't look like he's holding any of the objects. Doesn't look like he's holding a bowl. Doesn't look like he's holding the spoon. (laughs) It's so awkward looking. All the faces like are just drawn just just a little bit wrong. And it doesn't look stylish to me. It just looks it just looks like amateurish amateurish drawing and it really it takes me out of the story and how many how many fucking fancy dinner dinner parties do we really need in a comic book about the kingpin it was exactly what happened in the first one wasn't it well he didn't there were no uh i i mean i can't get too upset a comic book has hammerhead and tombstone in it yeah i immediately go um those those are stupid characters but i love them uh, yes. they show up, you know, they crash the party. I mean, some, some, some guys that broke away from Dick Tracy. Yeah, exactly. Went to, <laughs> went to go antagonize Spider-Man. Yeah. They're like, oh man, they're not making Dick Tracy comics anymore, are they? gotta, <laughs> <laughs> we got to move on to greener pastures. Oh, oh, there's a Spider-Man's. Oh. <laughs> a Dare's Devils. Dare's Devils. <laughs> Fucking dying over here. Mm. Oh, who's oh? There's a guy named the Kingpin. We'll work for him. He's the boss. I like the drawing of Daredevil at the end, though. I'm in, I'm intrigued by this thing. I I like I don't um, know. 
if this is going to just turn into a giant fake out, like, oh yeah, no, Kingpin's still just, like, we're going to rip all this nuance out of him at the end, but I like, I, I'm, they've sold me on, uh, this lady, and I, I want to, I want to see what this happens. I want to, I, I, I like that she is like, there's, I don't, the, the contrast between her and Kingpin and the push and pull, I mm-hmm. like that relationship. I, I think it's interesting. Uh, I don't hate it, but at best, I'm very mushy. What num- what number are you? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go four. Four. Ooh. Four. four. Yeah, that far. I'm a, I'm a straight up buy. I like it. I yeah, wow. but there, there's a there's a there's a that's a two. Mm-hmm. I could do math. I'm impressed. You, you didn't divide by zero and then cease to exist. <laughs> this comic book is doesn't ha- is it what comic? It doesn't happen. What? It doesn't happen anymore because it was. Okay. We divided by zero. Mm-hmm. It is King Pink number two. That's a that's a double buy, but a mush meter of two on the mush meter. Next up is Inhumans versus X Men number six. Writers Jeff Lemire and Charles Soule. Pencils Lenille Francis. U inks Lenille Francis. U plus Jerry Langlin. Colors David Curiel. Letters Clayton Cows. So this has been. I saw verses in the title. I'm like, eh, we'll wait until. We can just catch it at the end, I guess. That's, yeah. I was like, eh, we, we, we read all of, uh, what was the last, the, the first Death of X, then, mm-hmm. and now we're gonna, I'm not, we're not gonna, we're just gonna get fed up, like, Rem- in issue four. Remind me, right, remind me of your feelings on Death of X, because I came off of it, uh, very positive. I, I really liked, particularly I liked the last issue a lot. I, I liked the series quite a lot refresh my memory your feelings on the subject i thought it was good not great i thought it had Mm -hmm. i thought it like needed a little bit more like i like it Mm -hmm. what it did with the characters i felt like it could have just had more pathos built in there like you're killing cyclops you could like mine that a little bit more yes i i i i I do remember you saying that now but then um, they just kept this happened for for six issues i'm like oh well yeah i'm not gonna i don't think i'll like it so we're just gonna like it well and it all like based on this i think i agree with that assessment because I do believe I I can't remember which one it was. I think it was Civil War when you said there's this huge conflict that should have been a fucking conversation. Mm-hmm. That's and they say that in this comic book. Yes. When they like when Medusa's like, well, why did you just say something? You could have yeah. just told me that this stuff is killing you. No, we it's, we were. It's it's like a Seinfeld episode. It's like one phone call, like or curb your yeah. enthusiasm. Just like I'm sorry, social converse, social interactions are awkward mm-hmm. sometimes. But maybe just say, hey, the thing that is essential to your culture is actually actively murdering us. Like yep. you could just say those words to someone instead of just like openly, like. And they they try and you know there there's people are very upset about this comic book on the internets mm. about one Emma Frost. And two about the end of Terra. The the Terragenic cloud is gone. It has been destroyed to save the mutants. Mm-hmm. Now no more Inhumans can. I don't. I one. There's not one part of me that believes that's going to stick around. Like in, it's kind of essential to the Inhumans that they have this thing in their culture. I assume there there there's going to be like three more books spinning out of this Inhuman books, which I'll we'll probably check in on. And I assume one of them will end up with them finding some other way. 
At least I, I sincerely hope so because I do think it's an interesting thing mm. about the humans. Uh, I kind of hope those books capture the weirdness that I think has been missing from a lot of these new human books is that they are, the humans were always weird and strange, even more than the X-Men, more than anything. And that would made them unique and interesting to me. I hope certainly they, they rediscover that. I, I don't know the, the stuff that I've heard coming out of those books seems interesting, but we'll, we'll see. I, I I'm so that's a kind of like, I'll wait and see what they do with the inhumans after this. The Emma Frost thing. What do you feel about that? What's your thoughts? She's like back to full on supervillain and at the, yeah. by the end of this book. I, uh, I don't know. The, the Emma Frost that I always enjoyed the most was, uh, or uh, I'm not enjoyed, but I have the most experience with, of course, is that, you know, good guy with like the, the, the villain undertones. That was always an interesting thing to me. Mm-hmm. I think to just, I don't know, Hellfire Club, Emma Frost, it's just, it's not as interesting. Well, it's, it's, who, who cares about a fucking heel turn for Emma? That's not, I, I I don't know. I didn't hate it, and it doesn't feel like out of character. But I could I don't know. I could I could do without this book. I could just I can put it simply that I, this is this is it's big dumb fun. But I uh, I don't know big dumb events. Let's uh I mean let's bring Rody back to life so they can kill him here too. <laughs> That's what this book needs. I I don't mind this book. I of course I didn't read all of it, so that probably has a part mm-hmm. of it. But the like it, it at least is pushing these both these groups in a direction that I you know that's something that makes maybe we'll see if the X Men is interesting again because I have not cared about the X Men since the first twelve issues of New X Men when the young X Men came back or came mm-hmm. into the future. Like I and after that that kind of petered off and faded in a weird lot of weird crossover events that all made me lose my interest. Yeah. Maybe this will, and the Inhumans are going to be splitting up into multiple books. There's going to be a Black Bolt solo book with Christian Ward doing the art. I'm excited about that. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm curious about like what's spinning off from this book, but I, like Emma Frost could be, I'm, I'm fine with her being full on like Magneto, like mutants mm. first supervillain. That's okay. But this, the execution of it in this book feels a little ham hand, a little ham fisted. Oh yeah, a little yeah. Mu- very mustache twirly, very like, oh, mm-hmm. like it. Emma Frost is not that. She's she's subtle, like she's a telepath. Yeah. she's not a. She's the subtlest woman with uh like under boob. Yeah, giant un- under boob window. Like mm-hmm. it, it 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 and the whole like. You could have just told us and it would have been fine. I'm like, yeah. well, come on, guys. You gotta, like, why? If this was four issues, it probably would, I would, would have not cared as much and we probably would have read it all. But as soon as I saw it was six, I'm like, six issues of them fighting? Why? Like, no, I, don't, I'm, I don't, I, I'm really glad that we did not read anything, any other of this. Like, and like the, I've seen the previews online and it's, it's always like, hey, this issue is Karnak versus Emma Frost. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not 12 anymore. I don't care as much like, oh, if they fight one-on-one, who wins? Like, I don't, like, it doesn't interest me that much. And again, when you come back to, like, I, you could have made this an issue for the most, yeah. like, it, you could have been very much like, they get into a fight, they realize their problems, and then they destroy the, the cloud and then humans move on and, like, 
are the underdogs once again. And that's the weird thing about this is that these both these groups are always been like persecuted in in the culture of Marvel and they're fighting each other. Like it, there's I wish I wish they kind of went into that a little bit more, like made that a theme like these two groups have both tried to like X-Men have explicitly overcome genocide and the Inhumans who have like been moved moved their capital city around because of persecution like if they could have just made it mean something like and had them say something about that that would have like there's so much stuff there to mind yeah and it just became no this issue is karnak for Emma frost i'm like eh, why whatever i think that i don't know it's it's what marvel's doing wrong time and time again even though they're getting good talent like you know Lee Meyer and Charles Sewell and um, uh, Lanil Francis Yu. Uh, I mean, I think that's definitely that's top echelon talent. But this just feels like big mandate. We need events, 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 events. Events are definitely not what's made Marvel great. Certainly for the past couple of years, they've made it, they've made it worse. When I think they of, slow down, go ahead. When I think of the best stuff from Marvel of the past five years, it is like character, like creators putting very unique spins on character. Like I think yes. of Hawkeye, I think of Miss Marvel, I think of Jason yes. Aaron's Thor, I think of Vision. I I tweeted the those exact books, <laughs> yeah, in a, a a little rant about this that uh, I agree with you one hundred percent. That's what's pushed Marvel forward. That's I mean. Literally, that's what spawned everything, and they're just like, no, we need big, dumb events. We need big, dumb events. We need to ruin everything. We need to fucking troll people. I swear to God. I mean, but it, unfortunately, it seems to work because you put big, dumb stuff on comics and people buy comics. And you make comics bad and people buy it just to see how bad it is. And eventually it stops paying off, but fucking Christ. Well, they're, they're, I think it, in a larger whole, they're sac, they're like, they are getting momentary buys mm -hmm. to, and in sacrifice of the future. Like they can't. Yes, absolutely. Like you can't do both. You have to invest. Like the problem is that they've created all these new properties, you know, they've, you know, which I generally am in favor of. But then they also want to, instead of like relying on a solid foundation of that, they are constantly pushing a change in the status quo every six months on mm -hmm. top of these all new Marvels and all like, like give us a little bit of room to breathe. Like give us six uninterrupted issues of the, the, the unstoppable wasp. Like if you want to make that book, like, let that let these characters breathe and let them have their own voice for a second mm -hmm. and then give us like without having to make captain america a like i understand that that those things have been in motion for a long time but i don't know well i, I there's a we're gonna mention that in checking in we have a little bit of captain america update but uh i guess more of a secret empire update but this is something that i'm I'm. It's going to be news to me. I haven't read it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not. It's around the edges. I think. 
I don't know. It's Marvel. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a do not buy on this. You don't need to read this book. I'm everything about this. I'm more interested in things coming. Like I'm already mm-hmm. interested. Like I, I want to see what those X-Men books, the new X-Men books are like. I want to see what these inhuman books are like. This is kind of a foregone conclusion. It is not that interesting uh, to me. No, I, I agree completely. You can happily pass on this book. It's a double do not buy on inhumans verse IVX number six. Next up is grass Kings. Number one. Created by Matt Kent, Tyler Jenkins. Written by Matt Kent. Illustrated by Tyler Jenkins. Lettered by Jim Campbell. Mind management, Matt yep. Kent. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Tyler Jenkins, who uh, had, was doing the art for Peter Panzerfaust. Mm. I never, I never read that, but I mean, clearly you had. I've read some of it. Yeah, I never. We I should, we should book club it eventually. It just, I think, it just ended. This is a, a fairly good time to figure that out, then, isn't it? So there's a lot of. I feel like there's a lot of books coming out that have this theme of this isolated, like that, uh, oh, what was the name of that book in like near dystopian thing where there's like a nation, Kentucky, the Kentucky, you remember that, what is the name of that book? We liked it. Mm-mm-mm. I can't remember it. Give me a little bit more to go on. Where Like inside the U.S. it's splintered kind of groups and the, like, I feel like the Appalachians culture state is like trying to survive inside of the United States as a whole. And I don't know, this book also is like set in, I think what is the normal United States and normal mm-hmm. America, but like yeah. an isolated like an Indian reservation or like a Mennonites or something like that. People but, that live off the grid, mm-hmm. but except they're just this family. We don't really know. Like, I don't, there's nothing, we don't see if there's like what culturally makes them separate. Like, other than, hey, we take care of ourselves. We don't want any, we don't want to give help and we don't want to take help. You know, we, like, I, I, did you, did you sense anything about them that makes, that gives them a reason to be on their own, doing their own thing? Why? Yeah, why? I don't think they need a reason. Okay. That's just, I, I don't know. I can introduce you to a lot of people that, I, I realize just, they would they would be this. I and if they if they grew up, they said like they've been there for a hundred years, so mm-hmm. ostensibly several generations. If they grew up this way, they're not going to question it. No, no, I That's, mean that 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 is who they are. They're like whatever. We we live here. We're like this. No, I'm I'm not. I I I under, like I just I I know that there are a lot of people mm-hmm. in the in in the country who would have no problem going like, no, I don't want to, I don't pay taxes anymore, but, and, but I, but I have to take care of myself and stuff like that. It's just, I don't know. There's what, okay. You, you like this, Eric? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. Um, I, I feel like, um, I feel like Southern Bastards has spawned a whole genre of, uh, frustrated Southern literature. Well, that's, I think, what I was alluding to earlier is that there's a yeah. lot of fiction that is like going like, Hey, these, like these people like exist. And was the, was the guy that book you're talking about? He, uh, was he a bootlegger or something? Uh, I remember was, someone like with a, a still. It, I don't remember. They were, that wasn't the, like the, that book like devolved really quickly into governments like murdering dudes in it. And then like okay. there's, there's people that were like blue. You remember? I don't know if you remember that part. There's like swamp people I, I that do, were like I, I'm remembering this book, and I was confusing it for some horror book. It might have even been written by Cullen Bunn or somebody. Was it Dark and Bloody? 
It might have been. Was, that was the Iraqi veteran come back, uh, yeah. to, and had to deal with like horror stuff. Yeah. But there's a Colin book, Colin Bunn written horror story, uh, Harrow County, which is a horror story in the South, but it is not. That's the one that, uh, Tyler Crook draws. Correct. Yes. Yeah. I like this book. I like this watercolory, mushy art and the weird way these people are drawn. I like the tone of this book. Um, I wonder if I would like these people. <laughs> I no, I for certain don't like. That's I think my the biggest hurdle I'm having with this is like mm. when we read Southern Bastards, I'm still finding people in there that I can like. They are heavily flawed, but I can kind of I can find them compelling enough and find them like I think that's the one of the smartest things that they did with Southern Bastards is starting that book off with what is a typical hero would be a hero in a normal book, but then he, you know, he fails. This, I don't, I'm not finding, like, I can find this situation compelling, like this weird rogue city inside of where, do we, did they actually, it's on the side of a lake, did, like, did we get a greater sense of where it is, like in the country? No, I, uh, seems like it's intentionally vague, either that or, you know, missed it, who knows. Yeah, like, but this could, I mean, it could be of many places. Nearly, nearly, yeah, nearly anywhere. It's like I that interested that situation can be very interesting, and like I think I find the plot of this very interesting. But none of the characters in it are like hooking me. Like it's like, oh, like okay, so there's this sheriff, and he is obviously not thrilled about having to deal with this rogue state basically inside of his jurisdiction, and he thinks that there's a serial killer inside inside of it that he can't really do anything about at least not officially like but i don't like the whole book is just the whole this issue is just a tour basically of like hey here's this character is this character is this character but i i think i'm finding it's a stupid complaint but i'm like having trouble imagining how this would actually happen like like i'm assuming none of these people in this in this little area pay taxes mm -hmm. like they, you know, they, they get their own water. Like that was, that's explicitly said. Like, does, does no one pave the roads there? Do, do they not get mail? Like it's a. It's yeah, they a, probably don't get mail. It would be, I mean, I think that that is part of the, the suspension of disbelief is it's a thing like an Indian reservation, you know, that it just sort of exists outside of the the law of the United States. I just i th I think back to like instances of people trying to do this in the United States, mm -hmm. and inevitably it is it ends in like bad yeah. bad news. And like that's the th like they've existed. Well, this is not a thing. Yeah, this is yeah. not like y'all Qaeda or something. <laughs> um, this is this is something that these people grew up here. They said like they've been there a hundred years. Yeah, but you know, this is something that 1917 or something that does, that is that's feasible to me. I you know that the government would just be like, all right, fuck you. We'll I don't care. We'll leave you alone. I think nowadays it's a little bit tougher thing, but you know, it's I don't really think about it too much. To me, that is. It 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 feels too much like that. There are too many 
too many libertarians wringing their hands over this idea. It, Have you ever heard of? Uh, I can't even remember. I think it was on Planet Money where they talked about the uh, like the big libertarian camp that uh, that they throw, and it's kind of like this that they're all off the grid and they people buy shit with like gold, you know, and they they buy like stuff that's illegal <laughs> essentially, you know, like unpasteurized products and all the what fucking whatever. There's, I don't know, there's um, a whole hell of a lot of people in the world that are just like this. I, 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 I lived with some of them. Yes, of course. I, my, some of my neighbors back when I was a, a, a child growing up in the Ocala National Forest, there was plenty of people back there who, like, were as close as they possibly can to do it and, you know, not, not do it, you know. They want to, they want to be like Boone. Yes, they'd want to and, be like, uh, yes. Southern bastards. Mm-hmm. I I don't know I I I think I it's that like I don't like these people and that's mm. that is a barrier to me uh, to like I I think like you must have just had the the people in your life that you're describing have are coloring they're they're literally coloring your experience of this comic well, book they certainly are I I will not I don't think that there's anything that happens in this book that any of these people are that objectionable like nothing they don't do anything bad well no it's not that i mean like than... i mean like also not like not just not they're like oh they're good mm-hmm. but i mean like one of them's an alcoholic yeah like I, I there's not much i don't i want the the character in them as well i guess no i know i and i get that and we're not seeing a lot of it i think we're the the hook of the story is oh wow this uh this place exists and here's this shape of this girl that disappeared, and now she's reappeared out of nowhere. Is there something, you think there's something supernatural in there? I mean, it's possible, but it would seem maybe a little out of character for the rest of this. It doesn't feel, it wouldn't feel well set up. Okay. But I mean, I... maybe this is going to go a different direction. It's It's almost impossible to say what this is going to be. But I... I enjoy this book. Okay. I, I I really do. This is straight up a buy? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think I'm like a mushy buy. Mm-hmm. To kind of illustrate my feelings. I'm like a three. Mm-hmm. I'm a three. So, double buy. 1.5. Grass Kings, number one. Our last book of the week is Copperhead, number 11. Written by Jay Faber, Art Drew Moss, colors Ron Riley, letters Thomas Maurer. Uh, hey, it's Copperhead. It is Copperhead. It's, it's back. New artist. Who drew it before? Scott Godlewski. Okay. Who did I don't the, know why I always the, thought it was. Who did the? I cover. always thought it was Drew Moss. I don't know why I always thought that. He's uh, Godlewski is still doing covers for this. Uh, he is work, drawing other things as well. Um, but the, in the back matter, they say Drew Moss is going to be drawing it for the you know foreseeable future. Um, I don't know. It's I. This is one of those books that have. It felt like it's not nearly as bad as Rat Queens, but it certainly just was like, I'm, I was reading this every week. And then mm-hmm. suddenly it stopped cold. I'm like, what happened? Where did you yeah. go, Copperhead? Um, I mean, I, the, both the writer and the artist who were doing it are both very, very busy. Um, Jay Fairbairn is apparently writing for television as well as this. So I don't know. He's probably, there's probably was like, Hey, getting a new artist, getting them spun up. 
getting some books in the tank so that they have, you know, a little padding their release schedule maybe. Uh, I don't know. This still has, like, the, it doesn't treat it like, hey, we're, it's the, it's a recap. We're starting over. It's very much a con- still continuing the same story of what was happening in Copperhead. But I wanted to see what, you know, what exactly happened. I, I think Moss's art is, you know, pretty comparable actually. Drew Moss is, um, awesome. I, I see all the art he posts on Facebook and he's, I think it's, I think it's better than this. Honestly, this doesn't look, this doesn't look bad, you know? And I think like, I think it suits Copperhead very well, but I mean, I, he is a very capable artist. I think he can do even better than this. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. I thought he had been doing it for a while though. I don't know why that, I just had misinformation in my head. He could have been working on it for a while, for sure. That is probably what made me think that. I mean, he could have been posting preview pages for this for months ago and like, hey. I think he he never draws, he never posts anything about, um, about Copperhead. Oh, okay. I just, I just knew that like, okay, yeah, Copperhead guy. I know Copperhead. I don't know. I'm still on board with this book. I, I, you know, it's the little space western kind of thing that Mm -hmm. does, is not, I mean, like, I like the conciseness of this, the tightness of this, of, of like, a relatively small cast in this small town, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I enjoy it. I'm a buy. There's always, there's always been a lot of good to say about Copperhead. Yes. Yeah. It's an interesting twist at the end. Yes, I like it. He's, yeah. He has, Boo has a bolo tie. That's the, the kindest thing you can say about anyone is a nice bolo tie. I'm, I'm a buy. Straight up. Yeah, for real. Yeah, keep reading cop- read Copperhead. It's back. Go get the trades. Double buy Copperhead number 11. Well, that'll do it for Weekly Floppies this week. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show where Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to during the week. Uh, things we've done, seen, played, read, created, whatever. Whatever we want to talk about. Created. Created. You've done creating. You create, you, yeah, you create podcasts i do do that and videos of me eating cheese mm-hmm. oh did you post that i did i i have to i have to watch it i have to watch you eat cheese you gross person it you're 100 percent correct how, how do you how did that happen today no that was yesterday how do you feel feel fine now <laughs> do you think you'll ever shit again yes <laughs> i can't confirm I'm not putting that on YouTube, thankfully. No, that was, it was not, I made sure, I I purposely did it on a day when I would had no other obligations. This is probably a wise thing. Took me out of it, took me out of the action for a while. Uh, what do you mean to do? Well, go ahead. I was going to say, did you, uh, did you do a time lapse video of you eating cheese? I, I, uh, I, there is a lot of, uh, I mean, I, I, I kind of, the way I edited it was that, you know, it, it was mostly i didn't it was a long video and most of it was just me sitting there looking miserable chewing so i did speed mm-hmm. that up and then whenever there was a, a nice comment uh or or something entertaining i would slow it down and we you know get i have there's some lovely chopin uh behind me so <laughs> some some nocturnes felt it was uh, felt some it, chopping and some cheese yep exactly i got a youtube uh content mm-hmm. id Mm-hmm. Like there's no ads on it. I have no idea why there. It it, it was co- Creative Commons uh, free music, so I don't know what the 
for I I wasn't aware that Chopin was uh, still collecting royalties on his music. That, oh yeah, that he published in the 1840s. But whatever. I think I think they're the 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 algorithms. They just they're they're a little overzealous with their uh, their their music Nazi robots. I guess so. Uh I I so uh, that happened. I've been playing Zelda, Eric. You uh you don't seem as high on it as um. I don't know, Bow Lady uh, uh, game. I forget what it's called. Horizon Zero Dawn. No, I I'm really not. is a really is an awful name. Horizon the Zero, Zero the Dawn. The Zero Dawn part makes sense in the game. I don't know what yeah. the Horizon part. I think that's just a word that makes like some some uh, like eight people on the top of that video game company just went like, what's mm-hmm. a word that we can put in front of Zero Dawn so that next time mm-hmm. the next game in this is Horizon something something to make the sequel. Yeah, uh, I think that's really what it is. Uh, no, it's kind of like I never think of it as the Elder Scrolls. This yes. is gonna the next one's gonna be Horizon. Ho- yeah, Horizon Harfuldy Blue. It's good. <laughs> I I I'm higher on it than I was like three days ago. Okay, but you seem super frustrated. I was very frustrated with it. It the is the world is too too um too small for you. It's not even that. It's just there's. Like, Zelda is a good game, don't get me wrong. Like, there's a lot of it that is really interesting, really fun, like, cool puzzles, cool interactions in the world, but I don't understand all the 10s out of 10s and perfect scores, because this game is very clunky, like, there's, like, so much inventory management that's so tedious and not fun. There are systems in the world that I don't understand, like, they're not fun. Like, there is a quest in the game where you... It actually happens multiple times for different parts of the world, where you have to go and relight a furnace for a for a building so that you can use the building's functions. And, the of course, the fancy fire that you need is across the map somewhere. Like, it's a 10-minute minute walk. And that's, like, okay. I don't really mind it traversing the world so much because it is a beautiful world with a full of mm. interest, full of interesting things. However, to to carry that fire across the world, you have to have a torch. And your torch is effectively your weapon. So you can't and you can't attack with that torch because weapons also weapon degradation is insane. Like you literally you get a new weapon, it breaks in 5 hits. So you're constantly cycling cycling in new weapons, which you get used to. It's so it's again the problem is with the management of that inventory. But I had a sequence where I had to run across the map, go retrieve this blue fire, special blue fire, and carry it back up a mountain, which you can't climb while you're carrying a torch either. So you have to find paths. And weather is a huge part of this game. A huge part. It affects everything. If it is raining or thundering, if you are wearing metal armor when there's lightning, lightning will kill you. 100%. One hit. Dead. So whenever it is there's lightning... You have to take off all your metal armor, all your weapons that are metal, or you will get killed. That's not fun to me. Zero fun. You cannot climb. Like, climbing up cliff walls is in a gigantic part of this game. It is how you get to places because you have... There's no... In other open world games, you will climb a tower, and once you've done that, it will open up a lot of icons around the world that tell you, okay, that place over there, that's a merchant. That place over there is a place you can explore for something. That place is a bandit camp, so you can go in there, kill humans, and take it over, etc. 
This game has it has towers, but it all it does is provide basically the the cartography, the, ge- the geography of the map of the world itself. So you know, like okay, there's a lake over there, and there's a mountain over here, but it doesn't tell you what's in that landmass. You have to go explore. A large part of that is your vantage points. You look, you literally will look across the map, say that's a thing I want to go to. You have a telescope, you telescope in on it, you pin like a little light thing on it. And when you go to your map, that light is on your map, so you know exactly where to go. And that is a really awesome and cool thing. It feels like you're really exploring a world, because the world is not exploring itself for you. You have to literally climb up a thing and look out and see, to see where you want to go and kind of plot it out on your map, literally. However, if it is raining, you cannot climb, because everything is slick. And when you are trying to climb something, like like I was... Like, I'm in the middle of a quest, I'm like, well, I need to climb this mountain. And to walk, to run around it would take literally two ga- two days in game time. I'm not going to do that. However, it is raining. So what I effectively do is I just sit there and wait for three hours of in-game time to go by and the rain stops. Like, I can understand that mechanically. Like, yeah, rain works like that. But that's not fun. I And there's no way to mitigate that. There's no way to, like, no, I can climb in the rain now. No, you just constantly just have to wait for it to stop raining or wait for it mm-hmm. to stop lightning and with that fire quest, I mean, literally in the middle of the quest, it starts raining, the fire goes out. This quest took me half an hour. In the middle of it, I had to effectively wait for the rain to start, stop, and start again. That is not fun to me. It is incredibly frustrating. Mm. And, like, this is the, th- like, I was thinking about it, like, there's a lot, I think game reviewers like it so much because it does feel fresh to them. It feels like an entirely new Zelda. And, it is the hardest Zelda I've ever played. It is, this game, like, this game has cemented how much Dark Souls has influenced games as a whole. Like, there's a lot of Dark Souls in this. Because it is incredibly hard. Any enemy can kill you. From the very beginning of the game, the lowliest enemy can kill you very quickly. There's lots of one-shot deaths with no explanation. You can, right after you finish, like, the little beginning stage of the game, you can run out and get killed instantaneously with no warning. And then you're like, oh, well, I guess I know how that thing kills me now. I'm going to stay away from that. There are many things in this game you cannot handle right away. You have to wait for, like, 20 hours in. You're like, okay, now I can take that thing on. But it's in the relatively early in the game when you would encounter it. Um, however, it is also, like, it is also re- full of very, very cool moments. And the systems in it interact in really cool ways. There are bandit camps that you can, li- like, you can kind of take these guys out using, like, the physics in the game are really exciting and interesting. You can push boulders down mountains and crush the enemies with them. Like, there's a bandit camp with three guys in it. Just push a big rock and it crushes all of them. Game over. You've killed them all. You win without even fighting them. Or, like, you can, in the middle of those lightning storms, there could be a bandit, a, a, like, a, a camp full of moblins or whatever, and they're sleeping. You sneak in. You place a metal item right in the middle of them. Sneak away, the lightning will strike that metal item and kill them all. There's shrines, which are basically the new dungeons. There's 120 shrines in this game. Uh, completing shrines is the only way you can get new hearts or more stamina, which stamina is basically how you swim or climb or fly with your paraglider. By completing shrines, you can effectively raise up your hearts and your stamina meter, which you have to do or you will get killed. Um, shrines are each little, like, most of them are like little puzzles using your tools 
There's no dungeon thing where you like, oh, I go to this dungeon, I get my boomerang so that I can go to this new area, use that boomerang to get the hook shot, then use the hook shot to get the, the flippers, use the flippers to get, like, there's none of that. You start the game, like, after the first hour or two of the game, you have all the tools you need for anything in the game. Like, I think that's why people are looking at it and it's so revolutionary because, like, it totally breaks that formula of Zelda. But it runs like garbage. Like, it is, like, it. literally there are moments when the pop-in reminds me of, like, I would th- like think I'm playing a Nintendo 64 game. Like, you get this scope to look in, like, distant, distant places, but nothing is there, and then you walk up to it, and suddenly everything pops in. And you're like, oh, I can tell that this was effectively made for a tablet, which is what the Switch and the Wii U effectively are. Mm. Like, it, it is, it slows, there's sometimes really bad slowdown, uh, it, Like, it's the cooking mechanic, which is a huge part of the game, takes forever. Also, not fun. Very tedious. It's just, like, it is good and is worth playing, and I'm having fun with it. But, like, I don't understand the, like, perfect scores, because it is not perfect. It is a really fun and cool thing that is also has deep flaws in it, which, if you play, like, you can, I think the thing that happened to me is that because it is so open... You can effectively take a path that is in un, like not optimal to, to have fun early on because you're underpowered. And if you take an, one of those paths, you can be bat, like hitting up against a wall very quickly early on in the game. Mm. And it, like, I wish that people kept that in mind when they were, I like, I don't, I feel like some of these reviews like bother me a little bit because they're like, I don't like, Yes, I understand, like, I, I don't mind gentle slopes in games of difficulty. Like, that's fine for me. Like, I'm okay with games, like, going like, okay, here's something you can handle. Now you're a little bit better. Here's something you can handle if you're smart about it. And the combat, that I think is my biggest complaint about this game, the combat, not fun to me. Zero fun fighting things. Like, I I do it because you have to do it to get past certain areas, and it allows you to continue to explore, but it is not fun. Like, it is like, oh, look, I bashed this thing with my most powerful weapon. Oh, the most powerful weapon I have broke in six attacks. It has half its health left. Guess I'm going to have to awkwardly switch to my next most powerful weapon, which will also break in six hits, and the thing's still not dead. Like, that's not, also, not fun. I am currently trying to get the Master Sword, which is unbreakable. One of the few unbreakable things in the game. (sighs) Zelda. I was not expecting any of that. Of what my because it really was like just an unprecedented just from everywhere. Mm-hmm. I know everyone and, and is I, uh, yeah loving it. Mm-hmm. And there's I mean there are a lot of things about it that are that are there to love that are really fun and interesting and neat and neat things. But I don't also don't also see the as much of like no also like they say like a disclaimer no like the inventory's bad and it's it the graphics are not like it slows down a lot and it like chugs on this system and et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, well, that makes a difference. Like that negatively impacts my enjoyment of the game mm-hmm. when I'm in the middle of swinging at something. And then the game freezes for five seconds while the physics and the graphics are trying to catch up to what I just did. And I'm like, uh, that's not, that's bad. Like, that's a bad thing. Like that's not excusable. I don't care how good the game is. <sighs> I don't know. It's still, I'd still, I, I like, I, at a certain point, I almost was like, I'm not playing this anymore. This isn't fun anymore. And then I'm like, I'm like no, I need, I want to finish it because I want to get a, a handle on it. Like, I want to see the end of it. Um, which I, I think I've crested the hill where I like, I have, like, 
I, I really wish it would direct you some of the, like, there are four real dungeons in the game that really do give you stuff that is super helpful. It makes the game way more enjoyable. And I'm like, why don't they just direct you? Like, I really wish they would have more explicitly directed you to those things and given you those benefits that you can like, okay, now I can breathe and I can like make this game like more fun. Like, I don't, like, I don't understand the, that they say that, I mean, I had read that it's kind of supposed to be like, I don't know, maybe like one of the first ones. Yeah. You know, the fact that it's just kind of hateful and you have to just go around and explore and shit happens and there's no order and it's not clear. I mean, you're right. It is, if it's any, like any of the Zeldas, it is like one. It yeah. is like you are kind of like left to the mercy of this world, but I, I, I'm fine with the lessons we've learned over the intervening 30 years of mm-hmm. like, I, I don't need, like, I'm fine with them not over tutorializing things, but give, like, make cooking, like, I'm cooking a hundred things at a time. Like, you have to cook to have health. And it is very slow and boring. It is not fun. It is, it is the opposite of fun. I don't, there's many, like, I, I kind of hope that they do the thing where they, update this game and implement like hey here's a way you can just recook something immediately you have the recipe for it now just here go straight to it you have the ingredients you have the recipe do it no having to collect mm-hmm. every put a little check mark next to every single item you want to cook with and put it in your hands and move what's in your hands to the fire oh okay secret empire controversy my other thing let's hear it so it's not a like not a big secret that hydra are Nazis, right? They are the Nazi analog. Yeah. Okay. And Secret Empire's coming up, and there's... They have villain variant covers of all the villains that presumably will be a part of the event, right? Your Baron Zemos, your Struckers, you're your all the Hydra guys, you know, those guys. Among them is Magneto. Magneto is Jewish. Mm-hmm. He's a dude that literally was in the... Hol- like, went to concentration camps. Mm-hmm. It is that is canon, and now you are making him a member of this Hydra secret empire group. People are mildly upset about that. Yeah, and I understand. Like I'm, I've like there's been a lot of hate about Secret Empire and about Nick Spencer online, uh, because of them. A lot of people are going, I don't want Cap to be a Nazi. I'm like, okay, like, all right, guys, come on. It's but then make it Magneto, like. Yes, it's awful. Like I like if you were trying to sell me like, hey, awful thing happens and for these bad guys to do, like make. But I don't know. That's a, it rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Uh, we haven't seen the story yet, so who knows? But I don't like there are. Didn't we? It seems like we talked about there were rumblings that this was going to happen, and now it is happening. Yeah, it, I don't. I don't know. We we touched on the. A lot of stuff, but I don't think the Magneto thing came out at that point. The, the, it's like, it's not that long ago where the Red Skull had Professor Xavier's brain inside of him. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, what a great story that was. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. Uh, like the, the, the half aborted attempts of the continuation of, un, uh, of Uncanny X-Force. Yeah, that was, which Rick, Rick Remender kind of like bailed it out halfway through because he was tired of working for Marvel. Uh, I think that would and that would make me not want to work for him as well. But there's like explicitly scenes of Magneto punch like punching Red Skull right in the face because guess what? Red Skull is Hydra and a Nazi. Like it is a part of that character's history and 
just to suddenly switch, have him switch. Like, why? What? Like, what could possibly compel him to suddenly like, like that? It really is. There's, there's not that many like canonically Jewish characters, and Magneto is in a very unique position of being the guy who went to concentration camps, and now mm. eh, it's not, not a good look for your big event, your big summer event coming up, Marvel. I don't, I don't understand it. Like it's another misstep. It, it, it seems like they're having uh, they're having a tough time recently. They came off of a very strong couple of years, and it's just not working quite so well. I mean, uh, Iron Fist looks oh yeah pretty bad. Yeah. By all re- all reviews say it's bad. Yeah, they well I they, could not find anyone who said to say really anything positive about it. And this is and this is like. Not bar. This is barring the ca- casting. Know, we're, ca- casting. Yeah, we're. Thing. This yeah, is just like even enter It's into, not it's a good like, show. Is, exactly. The, I, like the only thing I've heard is like, no, well, they only have the first six episodes. Maybe somehow the last half is actually good. It's probably not, but maybe I don't. It doesn't seem like it. I'll probably watch it and like muddle through it just to 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 get a grasp on it. But yeah, I think I, I can. I mean, it's going to be on. My Netflix, anyway. I'll I'll yeah. watch a couple of episodes, but I would really, I think they should just just drop it, just pretend it didn't happen, do that <laughs> shit over. Well, that's the the uh, I don't know. Like, even if they can somehow make it that, like, make it so that Magneto is somehow, it makes sense that he's in Hydra or one of the or at least allied with him. Somehow they can pull that out. It doesn't, it makes me not want to buy the book. Like, it's terrible marketing. Like, why, why would you do that? That's like, it's not, it's not smart. Like, it, it makes no sense. It's like having like, oh, we're going to have like this, uh, KKK takeover uh, event, but oh, uh, uh, Luke Cage is going to be on one of the covers. He's like, mm-hmm. what, what? No, that's awful. It, yes, they're villains and you're not like supposed to like that they've somehow controlled this, but that's still not, it, it's lazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. That's that's the. I just felt I I've seen that like of like there's a bit a lot of I think unfair criticism on Secret Empire and all that stuff, which like because I feel like those wheels started turning like a year ago, and now and Marvel's too big a company to like slow down it. I think if they could, they probably wouldn't do it, but they kind of have to full speed ahead. But you cannot have Magneto on a cover like a variant cover, especially like just not don't do it. Like it's easy. Mm. They pulled variant covers before. Not hard to do. They don't make that many of them. Eric. Hey, Robbie. You made art. I saw it. I saw that picture you did. You did see. You did saw. I arted. You arted. Mm-hmm. This is a show in uh, the Mister Petersburg, Saint Petersburg, to his friends. Uh, the things we do for sex. Uh, you can see it on my Instagram. It's probably the best place to check it out. Um, it is, um, I don't know. I'm pretty proud of it. You've, you, how would, how would you describe it, Mr. Dorman? How would I describe it? Mm-hmm. Um. You didn't really see the show. No, I didn't see the show. I but... only saw your art, which is, uh, I don't know. I don't think I can, I don't think I can adequately describe it, honestly. <laughs> I feel like my words. Yeah, well, well, in, well, inadequately describe it. Okay, uh. 
was it JT Dog Zone? Is that the full? It does it does say JT Dog Zone? I didn't even realize that um, Andrew was saying Andrew on Twitter mm-hmm. tweeted both of us and said that that's supposed to be Jake the Dog's alter ego. Yeah, not a thing that I realized from the show, but it it's, it's a very it's a very um, Adventure Time kind of Easter egg. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That's what the reference is to, anyway. But it's not a thing that I realized until he pointed that out. So it it made me think of Leisure Suit Larry box art. <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> Which that is a that that is a compliment. That is that is a no. I take it as such. I mean, I draw a lot of cheesecake stuff, and I mean the. the that was not intended to be like super porny or anything. No, it's it's really you know? not. It's pretty tame. It, it's it's incredibly tame. Like you can see the like oh the shape of that girl's butt through her dress, and that's about it. And, like it's it. I I wanted them to look you know cool and fun and intimidating, maybe, but not like not super porny. At least that's what I landed on. My original idea was to make them super porny. But I figured I would I would tone it down. But uh yeah. It was a fun thing to work on and I went to the show opening last night and caught up with a, a bunch of the Saint Pete Art kids and good times were had. I drank a gin and tonic. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> yep. And caught up with a uh a, a a bunch of people. It was a good night. You know what also I did was I finally put my uh, Google Nexus 6 out to pasture. That thing is not running so good. I got my Pixel XL. Uh, it, it got shipped to me Friday. I could not be happier to have a new phone. Oh, my God. <laughs> that thing was a wreck. Oh, Jesus Christ. But um, I feel like the either the reviews have completely, like got me boxed into a way of thinking, but it really does seem like the Pixel, it's not a super sexy device, but I, it's not clear to me why. You know, it just sort of does everything you want it to really, really well without even thinking about it. Like I've had, I've gone from a phone that just freezes up on every screen to something that just can do anything I need it to immediately. And you're like, oh yeah, this is what a phone should do. Like, I think that that's just kind of where we're at <laughs> with with phones, you know, that you just they just need to be. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what it should do. That's what it should look like. That's how it should act. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a paradigm. Like you, it, 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 yeah, exactly. This is not like the first or second generation of iPhone. And we're all blown away by it. We're just like, yeah, I just needed to do this shit. Like, don't like give me a stylus or do a bunch of weird crazy shit don't just 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 make it work stop making it fuck up but i mean we've gotten to that point where the innovation the 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 new things in your in the new phones are things you don't really necessarily want or need mm-hmm. i'm yeah. like i'm like i'm my, my current phone does everything i could want like i, I yeah. don't need a new iphone that doesn't have a headphone jack or doesn't have like the thing like it's the same, like, they're search, like, it seems like oh, these companies, phone manufacturers are looking for things to add, and there's mm-hmm. no one smart enough to think of something that is actually, it's absolutely it's saturated. Necessary. Yeah, it's, there's, right. It's saturated at this point, and if you're only gonna drill so deep and find so much oil, you know, you, you have to, 
you have to look somewhere else. You have to find a new thing. Like, smartphones are going to be a big part of our life for a good long time until whatever replaces them to keep us connected comes along. And God, I mean, whenever that's going to happen. That that was, I, did I tell you about the Apple engineers that I met when I uh, uh, took my European cruise? No. There was one of the things they were talking shit about Joni Ive. They said Joni Ive, he's the product designer famously from Apple from you know, from the long ago days of like the the Blueberry iMacs and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like he had been on since those and the, you know, the the return of Steve Jobs. And he was instrumental with that big push and the 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 rise of Apple, you know, but they were shit talking the guy. And they're like, yeah, like nowadays his his new idea every year is let's make it thinner and lighter great because that's everyone is gonna go out and like let me give you 800 more dollars so i can get a phone that's a millimeter thicker yet i have to spend another 70 dollars to get a big fat case for it so it doesn't explode in uh when i drop it mm-hmm. <sighs> no that either no one's coming up with new ideas no no one's really thinking about it there's no innovation and I don't think there's liable to be. People need to really be looking for the next thing. Come up with something clever. Come up with the thing that no one knew that they needed. Yeah, it's harder and harder. No, I mean it, it, it's it's it, it's not that it gets harder and harder. It just takes flashes of inspiration and visionaries, and you know they don't. Not just anyone can do it. Apple really had the right environment for a while. And without Steve Jobs there to be a huge asshole, they don't have it anymore. I think they needed him to eat fruit and stink. I think it's coming. We just it's gonna not gonna come from those companies. I think it's gonna come from someone oh, else. Yeah. yeah. No, obviously there's a lot of brains in the world. There will be a clever person to come up with the next big thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? It's gonna be wearables, VR, it could easily be something that's nothing any i mean no one would have predicted you know touchscreen smartphones and app stores and music stores and all this stuff no one would have predicted any of that stuff you know not that long ago and they were all huge so i don't know whatever um i do like my pixel recommend it i would say get yeah if you're locked into Android, get it. Get Google Fi. Other people are getting their um, getting these unlimited plans with whomever, and I'm sure they're okay. I I I wonder what it's like. I know I know Matt and Mel, Matt uh, Matt of the Simpsons show. Uh, they have um, they have unlimited data plans. Uh, an artist who works for me, she has an unlimited data plan. I mean, apparently they're okay. I really like my Google Fi. It was terrible on my old phone because my old phone was terrible. Now on my new phone, it's awesome. It works way better. I've had zero problems with it. But it, it does not mess around. Anything else? So that's a lot. We've been yakking a while. We have been. We need to talk about this this crazy motherfucking book. It, it could not say it better myself. It is time yeah. to move to our last segment. It is time for Nerbo Book Club. 
Nerdboy Book Club is the part of the show. Eric and I sign along our collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book club. This week we are discussing The Nightly News by Jonathan Hickman. Written, drawn, everything. He did everything in it. Uh, designed. There's a lot of certainly design in this. Uh, this yeah. is literally the first thing he did in comic books. It has a lot of that, you know, like I'm a young, angry political guy. Yeah, it's two, 2006. It's, it's got a lot of that. November 2006 yeah. is when it came out, uh, like the first issue. It ended in, 20, in 2007. It is a six-issue, one of his, the four kind of mini-series he did for Image. Uh, this is the first of them. Um, it is, I think, when, when did you, okay, so I want to start with that text message you sent me. Mm. You said this is, let me, let me see. I was a, you were, you're going to read it verbatim. Yeah, I will. This book is kind of fucked, bro. <laughs> and I was like, well. It sounds like something I would say. I was going to like, well, you're not wrong. Uh, when, where were you? Where were you when you, when you I said was that? A, I was a book or two in. Okay. Yeah. That's about the time. Uh, it is. Uh, I don't know. I wanted to reread it because of the current journalism mm-hmm. ecosystem, I guess. I don't know how you want to, like, how you would describe it, but our, I, I don't know. It, it, our the, whole... the, the incredibly fucked up things. That, yes. Yeah. The, the, in, the, the, the way that how we, like, it has never been more tenuous the way we uh, consume news and, and try and def- like decide what is actual news versus what is garbage that mm-hmm. is being like vomited onto my Facebook feed. I've managed, I do manage to weed out most of it, uh, but it, you can't avoid I, it. It's hard. To, I, like, uh, I have unfollowed a shockingly f- no, a few people. I, I have unfollowed so few people and I have, um, s- 670 something friends on Facebook. I really don't get too much of it. I don't, I don't, I don't either. I don't know if I've like, I don't know if it's just that I don't, I'm generally not following people who would be posting that stuff anyway. They're too busy posting pictures of their children. You should, uh, most of your friends should be like a bunch of gay artists. That's yeah. That They're probably big, does help. Big, big Trump supporters, the, the gay artists. <laughs> yeah, of course they are. Yeah. It's I, I like, so I wanted to revisit this. I remember reading this and it reminds me of fight club a lot. I think I get that. Yeah. That Where it's like, uh... it's like, the, the the funny like I there's this thing that's been floating around uh with the people I follow on Twitter and they're like I don't it you might have might have floated across your feet at some point they're like it was like some dating advice is like if you're dating a dude and his favorite movie is Fight Club run mm. and it's like this reminds me of that like it has interesting ideas in it but if you're dumb you can take them the extremely wrong way. Yeah. And like that is and like I I feel like it's it was kind of okay for you to like Fight Club in like 2001. Yes, I agree with you. But it is 2017 and I imagine if I watched it I would be like, "All right, that's a thing that was that it was fascinating. This is a thing that was probably like it, it looks so 2006. <laughs> all all these fucking little targets that are on every page. That was such and the the ugh, like this was all like such a look back then. It's so gross looking. It looks so bad. Um, but this is I don't know. All this is stuff that seems super deep to a 24 year old. Yeah. 
or maybe a 23 or 22 year old like move like of course the written word has a lot of fucking power i mean i Mm. <laughs> this, it, 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 this book I'm not going to say it's bad but I don't want to ever look at this book again is when it, how, we're done. how much of that is the weird design stuff in it? it not much of it okay. I mean it, look, right. it looks it looks awful but like you know the drawing's not terrible it's design it's just it's like looking at average design work from a bad era you know it, it's I, I i don't know i well, think there's not really a thing that i can't i i don't know what else compares to to this but it's very hand i don't, oof, I don't know <laughs> well i but i the, mean i think it's clear like like hickman doesn't do art he does a mm-hmm. little bit of design here and there touches yeah. but he doesn't it's fine yeah no it's fine he's a he's a writer he wants to i mean most most writers in comics wanted to draw comics you know most mm-hmm. of them have some kind of artistic leanings fucking alan moore wanted to draw comics but it was terrible so did neil gaiman but they couldn't do it um i think it's it's not terrible you know the figure drawing's not awful but like it's just a grossly violent story yeah based on a lot of it's it's stuff to impress stone 22 year olds you know white guys with dreadlocks that can't stop talking about noam chomsky (laughs) i say that and i'm thinking of a a white dude he doesn't have dreadlocks anymore and he's a he's an you you know him i'm not gonna come i'm not gonna say his name but he's a he's a great guy he's almost a perfect example of what i've just described but he's better than that. But this, ugh, oof, oh, this book. I like, it made me, like, this book is, it it feels like it is deeply flawed. Yes. I Like, I think that's the, like, what I came, like, is a very deeply flawed thing, but still, I think, like, if Hickman was writing this book today. Well, it, it's funny you say that, because you know the thing that it reminds me of the most. What is that? The Black Monday murders. That's fair. I mean, there's... it. It it is it is the Black Monday murders are like the new and improved version of this. I think even the sort of noir look to it. I think it's uh the the most similar thing in comics anywhere is the book that he also did that's loaded with conspiracy shit, but just works so much more, just so much more fundamentally better. Yeah. And I, I think a big part of that is we have an interesting narrative riding on top of an undercurrent of weird, goofy conspiracy shit that you can more or less ignore if you want to. That works pretty well. It's kind of like it's kind of like, you know, you want to write like hard sci fi and you make it mostly about fucking physics as opposed to making it about character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, that's um, my problem with a lot of hard sci-fi is that mm-hmm. they really like the sci, yes, and not the fi part. The mm-hmm. the, the fiction part, the is, f- fiction's pretty important. It is pretty important. Like this, I think that when I first read this, I was way more impressed by it, and that was you were probably a young man. I, I was much younger, yes. Uh, yeah. and it's 
it still has truth in it, but it has it is, a lot of truth to it. Sure, it, it's not. It feels like more of an obvious truth. Yeah, well, than, I feel. I feel like uh, a lot of uh, our current administrations outright lies have a lot of truth in them. <laughs> it makes the lies more plausible. Yes. It makes the bullshit uh, uh, just 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 work a little bit nicer, you know. Yes. But it is it is a crazy Fight Club extrapolation of there's some leaps there. Like, oh, consumerism is bad. We should beat each other up in a basement because we feel bad about masculinity, and then blow up a, a, a fucking terrorize banks. Did you read uh, any of the? Notes the you know, like the little uh, you know the uh, annotations there's, to the end. There's or, a script or something. I don't know if it's. I have Eric. You you read the digital right? The comicsology. Yeah. Yeah. I read. I have the. I have a physical copy. I don't know if it's. Okay. I don't I did know. Not, if, I, don't I know did not realize that. I don't know if there's, no, there's all kinds of stuff. No, I I jumped out as soon as I could. I did not look at any of that stuff. There's all kinds of jazz in here in terms of the production of this book. Oh, well, I don't have the necessarily product, production. I just have, like, notes about each, like, hey, on this page, th- it says something like this, and it's, like, more of, like, mm-hmm. it's more of, like, Jonathan Hickman just writing, and I'm like, this is why I wrote that in there. This is how I feel about that, etc. And I'm yeah. like, it was, it, it, I just wanted, I, it didn't take very long to read. I was just like, I'm curious. Like, yeah. Hickman is, I follow him on Twitter, and you read his comics, and he seems to, like, almost, like, purposefully be, unpolitical like at times like mm-hmm. he per- like his twitter is very much like uh, almost absurd in its un like the the unwillingness to like weigh in on any kind of political like it's not hard to like dump on some of the stupid things trump has done already like you don't have to yeah. be like a leftist commie to say oh well you know banning people because of religion is bad like it doesn't like that's not you don't have to like that's not yeah, like you, a, a brave stance you, or anything that well, is right it's not a hot take to be like hey um concentration camps bad not pretty not not good those are bad I'm, you shouldn't I'm, have those. I'm gonna be i'm gonna be brave and say you should say the word jewish on holocaust remembrance day yeah it's not gonna like be brave yeah like that's i think that like a reasonable human being it's fine to say like, hey, I don't. I feel like people are people. We should treat them nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he even doesn't do that. I'm just like, I is in this book for how political it kind of is. It also feels very apolitical, and I think that is actually my biggest criticism about it. In that, like, if you want to talk like structurally about like how good the writing is or how good the art is, there's a lot of things you can pick apart. But like, I think th- like tonally and like. At the end of the day, it's like no, the like these the 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 current journalist guys are bad, but also the terrorists are bad, but they're all bad. Like they're all yeah. I'm like that's not like it, it's actually pretty juvenile uh, position. Mm-hmm. Like no, there are you can portray someone as a good guy. Like there's room for that, and I think that's what is aged most about Fight Club. In that, like oh look, it's all these people. You don't none of them are good, really. It's like, oh no, we're all bad. Like, yeah, they're blowing up stuff that's bad, but also these co- credit, these companies are bad. Like, mm-hmm. it's not, that's actually not that nuanced to look at things. Like, you, you, like, I. Well, that's, that's what fucking Al Qaeda thinks. Yes. That's literally the way that fucking radicalized, like, killers think. 
that, like that was the thing that I found the most interesting when he got deprogrammed. Mm-hmm. That was the thing that I liked the most because then it it seemed to really be saying something. Yeah, you know, he kind of got his humanity back, and then that thread falls apart. Mm-hmm. No, it absolutely does, and it turns back into Turd Club again. <laughs> There's yeah, and also in the back of the in those notes, it all it makes two references, uh, which one is to Fight Club, mm. and I'm like, okay, I get, yep, all right, and then the other one is The Matrix. I'm like, woof, this book is so 2006, like this is amazing. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, Matrix is good. I like The Matrix. I would not. That is like philosophy 101. That is not. Yeah. Deep, like, insight, like, it's more philosophy than you get in most action movies, sure, but it's not like it's saying much of anything. Oh yeah, we're all part of a machine. Okay, that's good. Thank you. Very helpful. You're all, you need to unplug. Get it? Is this real? Are we really eating this in the mate? When we're, when we were plugged in, like, it, it has that very, like, I, I, I want this to, like, at the same time, there are parts of this where I go, like, oh, yeah, that's where we're at in journalism. Like, this is, this feels very topical in that regard. Mm-hmm. Like, people, they, they've painted themselves into a corner and now we're, we're all paying for it. You know, main, mainstream news sources have let themselves, you know, expand what is news so that they make more money. Mm-hmm. And now what is news? Now, now they're getting usurped by true idiots. And, yeah, and the the logical extension of that. Yes, it's just it's it's all of right. All of all of these terrible things that people decided to start doing to escalate and oh god, yeah. It it like the, it, that's in here, and I like I'm like okay, well this is in 2006. Like there wasn't as much. Certainly, people have been complaining about the news and them like being stupider for forever. Like probably since there's been news, there's people been complaining about them not reporting the right things and stuff like that. But it you can't argue like like since basically the 24 hours news cycles has started that they've degraded because they have to fill time and they want to continue to make money when their markets are disappearing because people don't watch news anymore. And it has resulted in the. Like the attitudes that you see in this book, you the people who mistrust anything that any quote unquote journalist says, even though that a journalist's job is ostensibly to report facts. And that's the thing that I think makes this book like I wouldn't say like, hey, you need to read this book five times and like write some term paper about how everything in it means something. But I would say you should read this once and kind of like it's a primer. It 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 feels it it it, elic- it it at least ask questions like i think a truly great thing can like ask a ask and answer the question in a sort of way or ask such a profound question that it doesn't need an answer but this at least makes me it was made me think about this stuff which is better than not i don't know i i i i don't know if you remember me mentioning this but i've been wanting to do one of these uh hickman miniseries for a while and I picked this one because it was the most topical. But I think I like Pax Romana more, which is one of the other uh, three. But that is that is and that is like that's just science fiction though, which I think is why I probably like it more is because Hickman is a pretty gifted science fiction writer. It, it, if I had told you 
sight unseen that this was the same person who wrote that Fantastic Four. What would you think? So he did a lot of growing up. <laughs> it's it's like that's what I was I mean, thinking. This is this is this is an arts. This is a talented art school comic book. This is something that a college student would make. Someone that is a you know it obviously shows like a very bright intellect. But I'm I'm glad that he grew into something else. And I would like to talk politics with him. You know, mm-hmm. I would like to see where his head's at. It, I, he's a, he's obviously a very very bright guy. No, he I think he is very very smart. I just I was yeah. like thinking about fan, the fant- Fantastic Four in particular because that book is so full of that a kind of ide- idealism that I that's what I think of when I think of Fantastic Four. I think of like unbridled idealism about like that you see rooted in where the Fantastic Four come from. You see rooted in those in that pulp tradition of space explorers and space adventurers, right? Where it's like we can go out in the stars and we can make something good and be be good people. You know that you see kind of in Star Trek as well, like that kind of like Gene Roddenberry esque, also kind of like utopian kind of ideals where we humans figure it out. And that's like, I feel like that fantastic four book is rooted in that as like wisely. I think it it is. I think of like Reed Richards in that book ultimately is a good person, ultimately does the right thing, chooses his family over anything, you know, and, and they, they save the world. Like this feels like diametrically opposed to that. It is, Everyone, everything is awful and everyone is a villain and everyone mm-hmm. is bad. And I think I, if you read this when you're 22, you go, wow, man, yeah. And you read it when you're 32 and you go, this isn't that actually ground. This isn't that exciting. You know, it's just, no. it's, it's, it's interesting. I like it was nominated for an Eisner. It was very popular at the time. I'm curious. Like I wonder, like it was very well received. At the time, I'm curious, like, curious, like, so often we talk about these books we read about, like, where they fit when they were published. In 2007, it's 10 years ago, you know? It's not that long yeah. ago. But I, those, that's it. In 10 years, comics changed a lot. Mm-hmm. And the culture that we're in changed a lot. And what was, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like comics have gotten way smarter in those intervening 10 years. Like it feels like there's jumps in like intelligence level of comics and then walls again, like the nineties in general. But I feel like fits and starts comics have gotten smarter and smarter and smarter. And what is groundbreaking isn't as like, you know, as in, as in any medium, what is groundbreaking isn't as groundbreaking anymore. And I feel like those, the 10 years in between when this was published and now has certainly changed things a lot. We should we should probably read Manhattan Projects at some point. We should do that. That's three books we said we should read. <laughs> they, they just keep three out. pretty pretty different books. Yeah, they really are. There's we just keep just keep adding that that pile. They keep coming out. Mm-hmm. Dummies keep making comics for some odd reason. I know, but I don't know this for a first comic. It's yeah, it's not. It's pretty good. It's it it is an impressive work, and like I said, you can really tell a lot. That he's a very intelligent and well-read dude from what's in that book. I mean, it's it's smart, but it's 
a young fool's intelligence. <laughs> you know? You sound like a Southern Bastards character. Do I? That 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 quote in particular. <laughs> it sounds like something like uh I don't know, one of the older dudes watching the football game would say about someone. So I'm 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 uh I'm over here just eating a stick of butter. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's big trying to get his fat his fat macros on point. <laughs> yeah. Shit, why'd I eat all that lean chicken? Give me that butter. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a different South, that's a different Southern bastard. It's one that doesn't end with so, people committing suicide. I guess so. That's why he, he fucked his, his macros too bad. He <laughs> it was to... like, God damn it, I'm too much fat today. That, I shouldn't have <laughs> ate the whole stick of butter. Yeah, I had to get his bullet macros. Oh. Did I, did I just make it too dark? Too, too dark. I don't know. That's actually <laughs> too, soon. too soon. Too soon. I don't know. This, this, and this book is pretty, it's also. It's grisly. It's pretty, it's very grisly. It is very dark. It is particularly in our current environment. Like that is the, that's yeah. the reason I would recommend reading it. But it is also the reason I would say it's hard to read. Like it is like. It's yes. I, I, like I'm almost angry at that this book exists, uh, given like given this administration's like irrational like I don't know this 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 propaganda against news outlets that criticize it. It's outrageous. It's grotesque. Like I I don't know. I don't know how anyone can be on a different side of that like and i think that that is an interesting question like and i think that's the next step if you're going to tell like a story like this again and i think a more interesting question is it in and of itself like what what is that divide what what in a like a person what makes a person switch like a normal person like I'm yeah. not gonna like obviously people have political agendas that they want to get enacted for um, millions of reasons and could weigh in on your their their at least how they act uh against uh, towards mainstream news outlets but the average person like the person where most like the 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 the, the members of this terrorism terrorist group the 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 voice mm. like. I think that's the thing that, like, the next step in in their story is a group, you know, actively like true believers. Like, I think that's the one thing in this that I never, you never really get. Like, they, you never see the true believer, and you never see how an average person could be converted to that. Like, I feel like there's actually very little fiction that I think shows the radical radical radicalization of someone. Mm-hmm. And I think like this book does it in uh re- in regards to to journalism and attitude towards journalism. Like there's very few other works of fiction that I think do it well. It's re- and I think it's actually a very hard thing to do uh without it being a joke, honestly. Like I mean like have you ever seen Syriana? No, not like I even heard of it. It's came out in the middle of the Bush administration, I think, mm-hmm. has Matt Damon, George Clooney. Um, there, that like most kind, most of it is actually pretty clumsy, but I think there's like it is a kind of a, a mixture of like different stories in a mil- milieu of like a middle a fake Middle Eastern country being you know similar to the situation in Iraq. But 
the one thing I think it does extraordinarily well is shows the radicalization of a young Muslim man mm. and how easy it is for him to become a member of a terrorist group. And yeah. it makes it understandable. You go, oh, I understand how it could happen. Like, it makes perfect sense. And I think that this, that is the, the leap that this book doesn't take. Like, I don't, like, I don't think it doesn't go far enough into show why these people are, you know, act the way they do. But I still think it's interesting and worth a read just because of the current climate in regards to, mm. news, into new, to news and stuff. It's, and I don't know, insight into Hickman's, I don't know, his creative kind of arc. I think I always find that fascinating, seeing something, the first thing that someone does and see how they grow as an artist. Yeah. Yeah. It's always kind of fascinating to me, even if it's a work that I don't even like at all. I still think it's interesting sometimes. Uh, anything else you want to say? Yeah, I, uh, I'm i glad I don't have to read this book again, ever. <laughs> Fair. I'd rather read the Black Monday Murders. I mean... The much superior version of this. Yes, Black Monday Murders is great. I What I've read so far, I have enjoyed tremendously. So, next week, we'll be reading The Immortal Iron Fist, The Complete Collection, Volume 1. It is The Immortal Iron Fist, 1 through 16 with the annual, and there's some uh, some one-shots thrown in there. But, you know, I think the the main focus will be uh, the main storyline with, uh, you know, Fraction, David Aha, their first time they worked together with Ed Brubaker, some very talented people working on a property that is uh, getting some focus now with the Netflix show. So read along with us. But that'll be next week. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Oof. Links to everything there. New episodes downloadable streaming to our Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. Twitter at HBC Hour. You can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Like, follow, subscribe. Those those words. Do those things, please. Or mm. you now tell your friends about us. That helps a lot. Give us a good review on iTunes or whatever podcast service you use. Subscribe. All those things are helpful. Help us find new listeners, which we like. You can find me on Twitter at MixmasterCereal. That's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? Good question, Robbie. You can see my portfolio by going to FreeWillUnlimited.com. And you can see most of the things you get up to online by going to EricZGoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram account, where I am known as Easy Goodnight. I am known by the same thing on the Twitter. Booyah. Booyah. With that, we'll call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.